Your Local Imaginarium is a podcast about exploring the world behind your eyes. World behind your eyes. And your eyes. And your eyes. And your eyes. All right, I'm back. Okay, we just finished up. Good podcast. Great. See you guys next time. And that's the very first words on my uh, on my recording. See you guys next time. Well, I, I I think that when you when you start and you introduce the host part, that you need to introduce me and then it, and then you give yourself a pause room to put in Godzilla and then introduce Pod Killer Morse. <laughs> I turned it down a little bit, but we'll have to go with this. Eric might be a little hot. He sounds good. You're really loud. I am a hot son bitch, I promise you, but it has been hot. We're going. This is the beginning. We've already started. Uh, I think we can welcome Eric to the show. Um, is this the first podcast you've been on, Eric? Yes, no, second. Uh, what was the first podcast you were on? Mm, we talked about some Game of Thrones stuff. Oh, yeah? Was it a good podcast? I mean, you know, yeah, it was pretty good. Excellent. What happened to that podcast? In in what regards? What happened to it? What do you Why mean? Why did you kill the podcast, Eric? Why did you, well, a year ago, over a year ago when you were on the podcast, why did you kill our podcast? Uh, I, you didn't pay me enough. Oh, well, that's true. You can't, they couldn't possibly pay you enough. <laughs> anyway, so uh, uh, welcome back to our uh, ninth episode. Um, those are just labels. Uh, depends on how you count it from zero. This is the ninth episode. This is the tenth, isn't it? No. This is the ninth episode. Uh, the last episode, I was thinking, I was thinking we 8. went 8. 9, 9, 9, 9, 9. That's five nines. Uh, that was the episode before this one. And so this is episode nine. That's how math works. And what episode <laughs> was I on previously? You were on episode 8.00 forever. You were at episode eight. Okay. Then, then I, I'm, I'm going to object to the pod killer name at that point. Since, no, since, see, since it's still going, he was episode eight, learning how to cuss. Yep. That's then, that's then a year later, we did episode eight point nine nine nine, which is episode nine. No, but it doesn't go on forever. It's not. Gotten wait a minute. Not. I mean, wait, wait a minute. You, you can't. You can't just start adding sig figs, Daniel. That's not how math works. Yeah. <laughs> So this is episode nine. If you go or, look or on, eight, if you, if no, you this is episode online, ten. On this the internet, 10. it is episode eight point nine 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 nine, and I'm pretty sure. I oh, mean, I can't predict that was the last episode. But the but the episode when it appears on the podcast catcher things, it's going to say episode nine. I'm just, just going to guess that's what it's going to say. So uh, you don't have any control over the name of the episode. I have total control, actually. That's that's what I'm saying. Well yeah, then, so, you, this, then your then your guess should be more like a prophecy. This is uh, episode ten. It's that, that simple. So we have creative differences already. Yes. So We're Eric, good. look, look, Eric, what have you done to the podcast? Uh, just I bring out the best in you guys. I, I We're, guess. We're gonna have to roll for it, guys. <laughs> 
Okay, Sorry. I rolled a uh, nine. It's a roll off. What did you roll? <laughs> well, no, we we need this in roll twenty. I need to witness it. Roll twenty. All right. Well, you bring that up, and you roll a for you. Free advertising, right there. That's right. We're we are full of free advertising. This uh, is our first non-imaginary company, though. Think about that. Even though it is free, this is the first non-imaginary company. Are we going to have a Are we going to have a second guest tonight? Do you, do you know anything about the uh, the agent uh, might joining us? I I have no idea. I'm going to guess not. He has uh, very normal. important yeah. things to do, like sleep off Dragon Con. Okay. All right. Well, we hope to get him in the future, even though he's not going to be here. I mean, we're probably going to have if we have. You know, a couple more episodes. We will hopefully wait and, and be just disappointed in HDCs, and then we'll finally give up and heal up here, just like magic. Assuming Eric doesn't kill the podcast again. The um, it's a very very good possibility, you know. Okay. Well, in episode eight point nine 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 nine, you had some homework, Calvin. Uh, you yeah, had, you had a report on roaches. And I was supposed to look into roaches, and I kind of did, okay. but I just stopped when, you know, they can survive nuclear blasts. I mean, that's total win. And plus, it's roaches, man. It's kind of creepy. Yeah. Okay, so that's the worst. F, F minus on reports. Um, I got an eight. Well, you lose. I got a nine. I didn't see it. It didn't happen if it ain't on the table. It's not on the table. It's in the you show notes. It says episode nine. If it's in roll 20, then you can win. Otherwise, it's episode 10. Trust me, I got a nine. <laughs> uh, the, uh, all right, so, Calvin, the, you have the uh, report. You have more than yes. roaches. You have something better than roaches, I hope. Much have, better than you roaches. You have flying roaches, roaches called dragons. And they uh, apparently, this is just what I've heard, they all gather up and they all go to the one place every year. And they are um, they have what they call a... A convention of dragons, something like that. I don't, I'm not really sure. Can you explain that, that's, what's going on? That's kind of how it works, but you know, uh, I'm a bit of a dragon con dude. This is my first trip there. It was a, a lot of fun. Um, you know, I've been a lot of, to a lot of smaller cons, uh, but and I'd even been once to San Diego Comic Con, but it was a long time ago before it was the. Uh, way it is now which is just all the stars and media they are there but dragon con it was closer to mardi gras than san diego comic con man it was crazy uh the cosplay was was just absolutely wild uh i you know i, I ran into everything from a uh, a Deadpool magician that was actually a magician play doing card tricks in a corner to a fully functional robotic voiced Megatron uh, that was quite intimidating. He was very tall <laughs> and uh, just just really blow, would blow your mind. It was just so much cool stuff. Um, and the first tip I'll give all you Dragon Con noobs, and there'll be a, a few uh, in this podcast, but the but the first tip is. The party is at the Marriott. So it, it, what I learned really quickly, and I actually got this uh, this tip from uh, Lorraine Flegel, uh, Sam Flegel's wife, when we were in their booth. She said, hey, you know, that's where everyone goes in the evening. You need to go there. And 
I took the tip and it, it definitely didn't disappoint. Uh, a lot of, lot of, of uh, levels, they, they're kind of, the way it's designed, there's all these different levels. And so everyone's kind of like on different floors, but partying together, if you can imagine that. So it's so open, it's just like about a, you know, a six story party. And uh, you have uh, probably, I don't know, at least approaching somewhere around 50% or better uh, participation in cosplay. And it's it's a very high level compared to the smaller ones that I've been to. Um, some of them were just quite remarkable. Uh, there were these three space Marines that I saw that were, I mean, it was just like they were real. <laughs> I mean, the armor was crafted uh, in a very authentic manner. And they were huge, and the armor was very wide, like you would expect, you know, from the, the miniatures and other sources that uh, where you kind of get the Space Marines. Uh, from a uh, sexy point of view, I think the winner was a Tigra, uh, you know, the Avenger, the Cheetah Woman. There was quite a remarkable one, Tigra, Tigra, however you want to say that. Well, did, did you introduce yourself and ask her how she pronounced her uh, her being or her her name? No, no. This is this is going to be a theme, by the way, because the, one of the things I have discovered is that a lot of artists have very difficult names, and they they lead you leave you guessing. And so, since I was meeting a lot of people for the first time in person, versus you know, online where you don't actually have to say their name. Uh, I was very uh, self-conscious about getting some of them right. Yeah. So uh, yeah, this goes now. Yeah, this goes now to the Tigra Tiger thing because really, honestly, I'm not sure how you pronounce her name. I'm guess I'm Tiger. Tigra. It's not. A, I don't know. I always thought it was Tigra. I mean. Yeah. As yeah. a kid, that's what I'll, you know. Mind blown. And we just starting, folks. Uh, let's see. So the other one now, I did not actually see this one, but I've got to remark on it because it was hilarious. But I saw a picture, uh, I believe it was on Sam, yeah, it was Sam Flegel's booth of a guy cosplaying uh, Bob Ross. Cos- well, well, he was... A guy was cosplaying Deadpool who was cosplaying Bob Ross. And he took a picture of him painting his painting. And, uh, so he was, it was a dude playing a dude playing another he, dude. He was a dude playing a dude playing another dude. That's right. And it was real, It was pretty funny. Um, he was painting a few of Sam's paintings. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of it. A lot of, a lot of that going on. Uh, some, some uh, you know, I didn't see a single fight. Uh, or anything like that. Everyone was generally happy and in a good mood. Uh, so, you know, just great atmosphere. You could go, you could shop. Uh, one of the big things they have is called the, like, the Walk of Fame. And I did not, I confess, we did not go to this. Uh, and it's where they house all the different stars and A-listers where you could go in and get pictures and autographs and that sort of thing. Um, so the entire time I was there, the only star that I actually kind of saw, and, and I'm going to expose some of my lack of, of Doctor Who 
cred, but uh, it looked like it was one of the Doctor Who's moving through the uh, uh, the retail section, um, which I forget the name of now too. But they, well, basically, it's okay. like an American. They're, they're all the same one, so. Yeah, but that's uh, that was actually my only star sighting. I heard a lot of people talking about, you know, a few of them mingling around. Well, no, I take that back. Now, because artists are stars to me, and I saw a lot of them. But because uh, that's where I was at, I was at the art show and certain places in the dealer halls looking for artists that were in there. Uh, but we did randomly run up on one artist. Uh, at least we are 95% sure it was him. Uh, and the reason why I say this is because I got a good look at him and I was certain it was him. It was George Perez. You know, the man, the really? right, the Teen Titans and everything else, you know, guy, George Perez. However, we didn't stop and talk. There were a lot of people around and I, it, I really did think it was George Perez because of that fact alone. Uh, but, well, not not half a day later we run into two guys cosplaying George Perez that were that were quite similar but I but I could easily tell they weren't him but I thought it was hilarious that he's famous enough to get cosplayed <laughs> uh, he has that kind of signature shirt and the bald head it's just an easy mark for certain guys you know that's funny it's too bad you didn't get to talk to him, though. That would have been neat. Yeah. You know, uh, I kind of had a lot of laser focus uh, with, with you know, my passion. So I just really, you know, I would have loved to talk to George Perez, but it was just too many people right there at that time. And I just, you know, it wasn't something I thought you'd get much out of, even if you tried, you know, uh, because this wasn't in a dealer hall. This was actually in the Marriott. Um I heard Edward James almost was at one point on the floor in the Marriott as well from some people, but I didn't see it. Um, so you know, a lot of star watching and, and shopping. Dragon God's got a lot of shopping. Um, I came home with uh, a little pet shoulder dragon for Olivia because she promised me to get a gift because I was leaving her at home for a con, which she was not happy with. Uh, she's my youngest daughter, and she she loves cons mainly because of the shopping. I don't, uh, I don't know if you uh, actually saw George Perez, but he was at Dragon Con. I can confirm via his Twitter feed. Uh, several shots there, so it's entirely possible he was fooled by an exceptional cosplay. Or it was actually him. It is possible because I didn't really truly confirm. But the thing is, is that. I did see his face, and I know what he looks like, and I never suspected. I only suspected once I saw the other two guys, and I was like, oh, they kind of look like him, but they're not him. You know, as a matter of fact, the first time I saw the guy that was like him, I was like, oh, there he is again. I was like, oh, that's not him. And I never had that feeling the first time, so I kind of think I did see him, but I can't be sure. Um, so, okay, now this, this, uh, this next thing I'm going to try – touch on with Dragon Con is uh, being a, a, a rookie gamer coming to Dragon Con. Uh, right, this so is, first of all, hold on. Define what a rookie gamer is. How, how, how a noob do you have to be to be a rookie? I mean, you're at a 
you're at a well i'm not talking about your level of gaming skill here okay i'm talking about being a noob in general (laughs) that's trying to game at your dragon con and oh yeah. Oh, okay. You're, gonna you're not saying. To, oh, I got you. You're, you're saying gonna, you were a rookie who's trying to game. Gotcha. 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 I was a Dragon Con rookie trying. To <laughs> right. Game. Right. Right. Now I said the name that can't be said, so that's got to have something put over it. Yes. Exactly. Um. So, uh, Agent DC and I decided to run a special mission to, uh, scout ahead and see what to do for gaming next year when we go to Dragon Con. And what we discovered uh, was that you better get your ass online and pre-register before you go if you don't want to be playing some very off-key games. Uh, we Well, we had our hearts set on joining the classic Ghost Tower and Vernus game, and our fallbacks uh, involved a couple games we liked, like Torg. Uh, as far as we could tell, Tor- the Torg Eternity game never actually happened. It wasn't even on the board. Uh, the Ghost Tower and Vernus game was full to the point where there were no room for alts to join. Because uh, a lot of these you could kind of do in... And I forget the name of the other game, but there was a game that uh, AGDC was quite familiar with that was cool, explained it to me. And we were almost in that one, except they only had one free spot and we needed two. So we actually did it game at Dragon Con. It was a major fail. Uh, so, you know, you heard it here first. When you, you know, when you, if you're going to sign up for gaming, they opened up online to do that and they shut down about six weeks before the All con. Right, so you were such a rookie. Uh, at gaming at Dragon Con that you did not manage to game at all. So you're still equally rookie now that you have failure experience. That is a true noob. But you know, failure <laughs> is what you learn from. You, you learn from your failure. That's why we're so experienced, Derek. Yeah, it's called, it, it's called Eeps. Eeps. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you did survive the encounter. So I got you. Are, I got you, Eeps. You survived the encounter. You should have killed Crom. There you go again. <laughs> he's he's the worst. He is absolutely the worst agent ever. <laughs> he gets outed daily, minutely. Anyway, you should have killed Agent DC because then you you would have got all the XP yourself, and I had to share it share it with him. Uh, I don't know. It's not my style, man. I'm not a I'm not a TK Freddy. Oh, that's a good thing. Yeah. Okay. He probably would have killed you anyway if you had attacked him. Possible, very possible. He's probably packing heat. No, he wouldn't. He he'd have just wandered back and forth. <laughs> he uh, would have kited you at the lake. Yeah, he he would have kited himself. Uh, yeah. Um. Okay. So now for my big downer message, and this is something we could talk about. I don't know what you. There was an awful lot of homeless in Atlanta, and. Yeah, and, and I, just just an observation of mine. There's no scientific anything to it, but I had actual several encounters with homeless that were a little odd, enough to where it made me realize a few things that I think are going on with the plight there. So one, my first inclination was, hey, Dragon Con, the homeless must love it. All these people to, to give to them, right? I mean, that's what I, that's how I thought. That's what I thought. But I had two different encounters with very stressed out homeless people, super stressed out. 
um, enough where it really opened my eyes a little bit. And, and you know, we basically had, uh, I don't know how many people, but thousands upon thousands. It was a swarm of people. And it, it one of them, it was making very irate. Uh, they, you know, you're kind of in the places that they are in every day. And uh, one was kind of getting violent. Uh, he didn't. He stopped. The only thing I did see was him push someone out of his way. Um, but it just made me think. You know, that's a real problem. And I'm wondering if big cons and stuff like this that come into a place like that, if maybe they shouldn't put up a, a tent or something and where they can kind of get away from that and get some uh, food and water. And uh, I just, you know, I don't know. It just seemed to me like we were displacing the displaced and. It, it bothered me a little. You guys have any thoughts on that? Being homeless is stressful, the, the understatement, of, right? Uh, you don't need additional stress. So, yeah, I suspect you're not seeing people on their best day, is, is how I put it. So, and there's a lot of interaction. So you probably um, probably saw somebody, um, some people who weren't happy, and they, I mean, they we're all human, and that's completely how we would all probably react occasionally if we were in that situation so I don't I, I would say it's the situation um, and it's sad and, and I wouldn't be too surprised about it Then I, I would be I'm, kind of forgiving like you know their day is worse than yours if you're there visiting and they're a homeless person so I would do my best to be helpful and understanding I'd be willing to bet that um, it, I mean that it, it happens at the Atlanta Convention Center, right? Uh, no, it's it's a series of hotels. Everything is in these; they're in these different hotels. Oh, okay. I I, I thought that the, you said the after party stuff was at the hotels. I, I misunderstood. No, that well, that's that too. But I mean, basically, those five hotels and then like America's Mart or whatever it was called. Uh, that's where Dragon Con is happening, and it's all you know, floor to floor panels inside the hotels. You go into a room, and you know this is going to come up later when we kind of talk about some of the ideas that I have. But um, you know, people hold these different panels on whatever topic. You sign up for them. You you go in to to watch. Uh, and, and participate in the panels. Uh, that, that's a big, big, big draw. Uh, you get all sorts of speakers from Timothy Zahn uh, to, you know, uh, important, important speakers in different uh, genres, usually very narrow ones. And you have plenty of that are just organized by, you know, regular people that aren't famous, but they've got something to say. And it's really up to uh, you to to seek out which ones you want to go to and check the schedules, the event schedules. Uh, the, this brings me to the next big tip: get the DragonCon app. The DragonCon app is uh, the way you find all of this. You won't find it pit and pat, moving from place to place because it's countless floors and. The place is just so huge, and there's so many people. You, you you will walk continuously past places where you can see the itinerary for that room for the day, but that's not the way to do it. You want your DragonCon app, searching for people and topics that you're interested in, find where they are, and you save them to a schedule so you can kind of know what you can choose from. 
So sort of sort of like uh, going to Disney World or Disneyland. Uh, you, you don't want to you don't want to wander. You want yeah. There's not there is not a way to see everything. Period. So many things are happening simultaneously. You have to make choices all the time about what you're going to do, and also. At some point in time, you're going to want a panel because you need to rest because this is the most walking you will ever do. Um, I'm I left with spaghetti legs and hamburger feet. I mean, it was it was bad. Uh, of course, I'm not exactly the most in shape person you'll ever see, but it was a total shock with that much walking. You need breaks. Speaking of breaks, are you tired of chewing your own food? Disgusted with the thought of mindlessly chomping on everyday generic foodstuffs? FACO has your solution. No more, no more, no more. Now FACO is proud to offer pre-chewed food. Yes, that's right, pre-chewed food. You thought it couldn't be done, but it can. In a can. Now you can enjoy food that has been pre-chewed just for you. In our specially designed chewing factory, pre-chewed by actual disease-free humans. Get an entire meal consumed within minutes. Pre-chewed food. Order soon. Very soon. Now, act soon and you can get a free can of pre-digested food as well. Just use the code KRAP at your checkout. Act fast. Pre-digested food has a limited stock and is moving fast. So what you're saying is going to cons is a health activity. Definitely Dragon Con because it's not in one nice, neat little building, you know? There you go. Maybe you never need a justification for going to cons. That's right. Hey. Yeah, yeah, that's a good, that's a good one. Maybe we're going to the con, but uh, you know, it's for my own good. Yeah, you can't, you can't miss your exercise. That's bad for your health. Um. Okay, Calvin. The next, the next uh, segment, I uh, have a. I think of it as your name dropping segment, where you get to brag about all the cool people you met. And, and try to invoke envy in us. Envy, envy in us. Right, so but you could, Daniel, uh, you, you at best know two people on this list, though. I can't invoke the envy. Well, you, you should try. Well, I'll make it sound better than it, it is. I mean, don't make don't don't make it's not a it's not a role. I mean, you're not like saying who was present. You know, so you know, talk about the people after the, you'd say their name. And make me feel like I'm crappy for not being there. No, I don't want to do that. I'm just, I'm just gonna uh, let everyone know how wonderful these people are. And if you're jealous, that's your only, that's your issue to deal with. So, there. Uh, so Eric, this? go ahead. So this, this is the phantasmal art show section. Normally, we have a like I've been re-listening to the podcast trying to get an idea of what we did last year and we have had a couple podcasts where we didn't even mention any art and then uh, 
we were having a problem where it was getting too long towards the end. And so we, we finally moved the show up front, you know, a little more up front so that I could actually do the part. Um, but usually it's only just a small section where, you know, this podcast is about imagination and everything that comes from it. Uh, that's why we like to talk about everything from music to, you know, we had a Ronnie James Dio segment last week, Eric. Oh, well, that would have been nice. Yeah. And I, I, I believe you got some, some, uh, some advice for Aussie fans, right? Um, but yeah, anything that where you, where you use your imagination to, to produce something, that's what this show's about. Uh, we like to think about weird things and talk about them and just throw it, throw ideas up and see if they stick or if they stink. All right. Without us, without this podcast, the imagination would die. So we're, we're, I mean, things that's right. Between. I mean, cause like for the last 12 or 13 months or whatever, it's just been, there's been none. We've had no imagination. You're right. You're right. You're so, right. It's, that's how I felt bring it, personally. Bring I felt it like back. there's been nothing. There's just like you wake up and then you go back to sleep and nothing happens. That's right. That's yeah. exactly that's what we've been sleepwalking. I don't remember. So fortunately, fortunately we had the uh, episode eight point nine 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 nine, and since then I felt yeah you know, better. Things so did start picking up a little bit. Podcast again. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll try to. Uh... I mean, the whole universe. Is you know it, all right, man? I didn't it, I didn't know what the stakes were before. Okay, I'm, I apologize. First. That's right. I mean, okay, it, it, it's our one chance to save the world, right? So let's do it. Okay, that's how we're going to be superheroes. Is we're going to save the world by uh, by this podcast. So this is uh, the Phantasmal Art Show recap for Dragon Con 2018. Um, Phantasmal is just a right now a place on Facebook where if you like fantasy art, art science fiction art, horror art, um, uh, you can come and you can watch as I go through the net on and stalk people's websites and post paintings that I find that are for sale. Um, you, it's you can type, you can find it very easily by typing in phantasmal.com into your browser and it'll redirect you to the Facebook page and for. How do you spell? How do you spell that? P H A N T A S M A L. Phantasmal. Then um, I got the idea for the name simply because, well, I saw the domain name one day, and I was like, "That's a pretty cool name." You know, phantasmal. It's ghostly. It's ethereal. You can't quite grasp it. I'm a, it's a dream. It's your imagination, and that's why I went with that. Um, so, okay, the attendees in no particular order. Um, first off, I have to say that I was super excited uh, that, about several artists that would be there. Um, one is Brom, Gerald Brom, who is pretty much the first dark artist I kind of got into uh, from you know back in back in the D and D days. Uh, well, like they passed, but you know, like the hardcore D and D days, um, you had all sorts of artists, but there was no one like Brom. And he, when he, when he hit, and and you know, I was I went to a Brom panel while I was here, and Brom gave a big backstory, and I could not believe he was only at TSR four years, uh, because it just seems like my whole life or something, you know, was built built around that experience, and. Uh, 
it was just so neat to hear his backstory, how things happened. I actually ended up getting a conversation with Brom. Uh, is the very last day of the con. I'd actually tried to talk to him a couple times, but I, I can be a little. I can. It can be hard for me to communicate with people sometimes. Sometimes I don't get the connection, and I, I come off a little odd to them, or a little brash. Not. No. You know how I am. Uh, and yeah, maybe I don't pick up on their little barriers. And so it took me to the last day before Brahm and I actually ended up in any kind of conversation. And it was really, it was really good. We actually started talking about the sliding doors movie because of his segment, you know, and I know I mentioned the sliding doors movie in an earlier episode, but that is the conversation I had with him because Brahm was literally packed, had a U-Haul packed. His career was in turmoil and he was boom or bust heading to New York city uh, to make it in the fine art world when he got a call from TSR from an interview he had done months before where they told him to his face that he was number 11 of the 11 people that had applied to the job and that's what his rank was and that he wasn't going to get the job so he went home and then here he is packed these candidates go to 11 yes and he was number 11 <laughs> and uh, so he his style was just too different for him, I guess. But uh, he's literally sitting at the door, about to close it and leave, and the phone rings, and he walks in there, and it's TSR, and they're like, uh, it turns out the uh, first 10 don't want to live in a small town in Wisconsin. <laughs> Do you want the job? And they're like, they asked him how long it would take him. He said, like, two months. And he was like, no, like eight hours. <laughs> And he left, and then the rest was history. But I'm going to move on from that. I got a lot of people to hit. Uh, Brahm obviously was one of the ones I was very interested in. I just want I just want to point out that uh, your note uh, your note there sliding doors conversation. Uh, Brahm sliding doors or a Brahm sliding door would be a great spell. So. Yeah, that would be a great spell. What? How would that work? Well, you need some. Uh, you need some. Uh, uh, you already have hold portal. So how does sliding door help you? Well, it, it slides shut and slices somebody. You just had to make sure they didn't move, and it would slide shut. No, no, no. And this slice, slice sliding door. No, 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 no. You got to be more creative than that. The sliding door. You would have to cast that before an action. So you'd have to cast that before you did something, and then when you were doing it, you would get to make two choices and then pick the better outcome. No, I'm going to say it's for a bard, and it's like it's like the like the the, the sunglasses that drop down on your face, and you like deal with it. You cast the sliding door. And he like he points at you as the door slides shut and they can't do it because you're too. You cool. could just cast grease and then the door would be kind of a sliding door. Yeah, you see, see, you're you're not you're, you're you guys are just being too lame, man. It's a door sliding door. You got to be more. You got to think more abstractly. Come on, you can, you can be you can be more creative than actually having the spell be about a door. All right. <laughs> well, come on, come on, come on. On top of that, I would say that. Uh, so, Never mind. I was super excited about me meeting uh, Justin and Andy Gerard, uh, Andy State Gerard, uh, mainly because I've, I've had a pretty good uh, relationship with Andy State Gerard just uh, on Patreon and just through Facebook. Uh, and 
you know, it's no secret. Love her art. Uh, one of my favorites out there. Uh, you know, the, basically the story behind this is that uh, I grew up on Dungeons and Dragons and heavy metal and Conan art and a very male influenced thing. And lo and behold, 14 years ago, I had a daughter and then I had another and I want them exposed to art. So I started looking for, you know, art that I didn't normally look at. And it led me down a path that has taken me great places. And, and uh, Annie's art was really the, the first to really, uh, really get to me. And, and then I kind of got it. And there's opened up a whole different fantasy world of art for me. Um, so it was great to meet them. Uh, I was really shocked. Annie knew me on site. I didn't expect that, and it was really nice. Uh, we, we had a nice talk. She actually said some encouraging things that I thought uh, about, you know, just they were minor, but uh, it was a little bit of advice thrown out there about uh, things with the podcast we'll talk about later. And she ended up winning the best in show, which is no surprise to me. Congratulations. She did. Um, she had a really nice mermaid painting uh and you know it's not your typical mermaid painting uh when annie does it it's that that symbol is <laughs> pretty much it's magic it's it's like a trademark and i know every time i say talk about her heart her art i have to say it's magic because it is and justin gerard and i had a killer conversation it was really funny um i was kind of checking out his drawings uh I ended up getting a drawing from him as well, a nice little like tree beard guy. It was really cool. Um, but Justin, uh, I've always had this nagging thing in the back of my head about Justin's art. I was like, you know, it just reminds me a lot about an artist with another really hard to pronounce name, which I'm about to slaughter. I went to the convention thinking it was named, his name was uh, uh, Pitar Mazelja, but. Justin corrected me and said it was more like Masolja. And I probably slaughtered that again. I will say I, I, I'm not confident in this name. But he's an artist that I follow because his stuff is really cool. And I've always thought that, man, you know, he, he, they were a slight bit similar. And so I, I brought it up to him. And, and I'm, you, it's kind of, you got to be careful doing something like that with an artist. Some might get offended or something. Turns out he trained under him and had spent two years with him, uh, the whole work. So it was really cool. And, uh, you know, I, I got to really get that acknowledgement. I was like, I'm not just dreaming. So it's kind of cool how artists that, you know, live together or see each other a lot uh, or maybe, you know, there, there, there's, by the way, there's this big Nashville movement going. Um, so you've got Sam Flegel who uh, does the One Fantastic Week uh, uh, video cast. Uh, if you two have never watched it, give it a try, man, because uh, he and uh, Pete uh, Morbach are, are, are exceptional. They put on a great show, and they interview all sorts of people and artists in this genre, and they are artists themselves, great people. But Sam, Sam and them, they, they're in Nashville, right? And we actually took Melissa Gay to dinner that night because uh, the man who shall not be named actually was bidding on one of her paintings. Uh, not just any painting, but the Chesley Award-winning uh, 
painting uh, that she did. And so, you know, we did, we asked her if she wanted to go to dinner one night, and she went out with us, and we talked all sorts of stuff, and she gave us so much scoop on the on them. And we ended up dubbing these guys the uh, Paintlings. But uh, anyway, so these guys are all around there, and they get together, and they paint, and they draw from each other. Um, and, you know, I've noticed something. It's really just maybe me, but I've noticed lately – Sam Flegel's art has had quite a bit of pizzazz in it, more energy and magic. And then at the same time, I see Melissa Gay's stuff doing the exact same thing. And uh, then I find out, hey, they're painting. They're literally going together, a bunch of them, and painting together uh, at, 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 on certain nights at, at each other's houses. And it starts to make a lot of sense. Okay, okay, Calvin. Apparently, you have art empathy, where you can you can extract the emotional. I'm like that with anything. Undercurrent. I'm like that with anything, though. It's kind of that's what I do. That's my creative thing. I've always been that way. I see a lot of patterns and things, and like I'm not. The, I think everyone in this little group will admit I'm not the smartest guy here. But that talent, I certainly seem to have. Uh, I used to be uh, just absolutely money on picking fights because I could see the two guys in the ring with each other. You'd go up to somebody and you just punch them, and that was no, not that kind, of, not Perfect. that kind of picking fight. That's not very hard to do. <laughs> but uh, you know, like if you were going to bet on who was going to win a, a boxing match. I used to be very heavily into boxing. I actually uh, boxed for a couple of years, um, but I was very heavily into it, and I watched everyone, and I could just see them in the ring, and and uh, like I could tell you, uh, one fight, you know, several fights, but one fight in particular was the undefeated matchup between Roy Jones Jr. and James Lights Out Tony. Uh, that fight at the time, you know, uh, Tony was 42 and 0, and uh, I believe he was uh, the favorite by like two and a half to one, maybe somewhere around there. Um, and you know, I liked Tony, Tony was what I would consider one of my favorite fighters at the time, but but I'd really gotten on the Roy bandwagon and had watched him enough. And when I was watching tape, I noticed I said, okay, every time that Tony takes someone's to the ropes. He pauses and tries to catch them coming off the rope. He stops throwing. And every time Roy Jones back, back would touch the rope, he would flurry and he would be out. And I just could see it in my head. I saw it go down. I said, that's going to happen all night. And that's exactly what happened. Um, similar things like that. I could go on and on, but we, we got a lot to cover and I don't want to really get into the, make this the boxing art show. Um, but just takes like that, those things that you're talking about, yes, it's, it's weird. I've got like an intelligent empathy. I don't know. Uh, I, I use it in a different way than most people I've met. Um, so anyway. Yeah, that's interesting. Maybe we'll have to test it sometime. Uh, we should probably actually uh, look, you know, maybe have a discussion on things like that. That's the kind of stuff we like to talk about anyway. Um, so... Uh, so, so Sam Flegel was uh, he was a real good guy, but we also we met Larry Elmore, and now this is a true icon of Dungeons and Dragons art, like more of a more he's he's where Brom was 
different. He, Larry Elmore, Clyde Caldwell, you know, Jeff Easley, these, these guys were the pillars, right? So Larry Elmore's art, very easy to tell that it's his and it had a you know, very certain style. And it was so cool meeting him. Uh, he had a lot to say. I know he must have talked to a million gamers like us, and it was like he was talking to his first one. I couldn't say uh, I couldn't say you could have had a better experience than to spend a little time talking with Larry Elmore. Uh, so, uh, also uh, in Sam Flegel's booth was Heather Hitchman, who does this. Uh, basically, she's the unicorn girl. She does a lot of uh, of uh, unicorn art. She has a this Teratoff. Uh, world building that she does. She has a huge following on Patreon. Uh, so that, you know, and Patreon's a place where you can go find artists and support them for whatever they, you know, they'll do little setups and you can pay $5 a month or something. And she's got a lot of people paying $5 a month. Uh, so she was there. Um, I did not get to talk to her because she was helping Sam with her booth. And every time I would come in, I would end up talking to Sam, and she would, of course, be helping customers and vice versa. And so, Heather, if you're listening, we're going to talk at some point on time because I want to learn about your world building. It's really cool. Um, maybe, you know, maybe, just maybe, we, we can get a, a guest like that on here. World building is a good subject, and maybe we'll even have uh, someone come in here and spout nonsense with us. Um, so, like, what do you, hold, sure. hold on. Are you saying we're not spouting nonsense? No, I'm saying we are spouting nonsense, and if we get guests on the show, they will therefore be helping us spout nonsense. Oh, okay. I'm just making sure we don't we don't have to stop spouting nonsense. We can continue to spout nonsense. Right, because that's all that will ever come out of this show. I thought that was the goal. That pretty much is. Okay, excellent. I'm good. I'm good with it. Then, yeah, we can do that. So, like I said, this is going to be the biggest art show we've ever done because it's a lot to cover. So, you guys bear with me, and if it's not your thing, check next week when we talk about when we talk about. Yep. Did Eric asleep? Did he don't sleep say again? anything. You don't tell me. I don't. I'm not supposed to know, right? <laughs> yeah, but you can make suggestions. This is a great point. What are we going to talk about next week, little? You think about it. We'll come back to it. Look, I have no plans to talk about anything next week. So we're going to talk about chaos. That's what that, we're going to talk about. That's that. See, you just you just you read my mind. I knew, I, I knew what you meant. All right, I got something. <laughs> All right, can insults be a create, creative activity? Oh yeah. You th- think about. I don't it. have think to about think about it. About it. Moron. Think about it, morons. I, I don't yeah. have to think about it. My brain operates is, in full speed. Is, is moron the default? Like, that's the default go-to insult. Like, if you can't think of anything else, you're going to be like, moron. It's not. It's really it is. Not. That's the default. It's, really, it's the it's, default. I mean, it's it's not even like the default one that I don't have to bleep out. Oh. I, I, but, okay, maybe, maybe, I mean, maybe everybody has their own individual I, default. Yeah, my insult. default is not family say yeah. <laughs> I mean mine's not even I, mean, I would never well, say we can, we, we, we do bleep out the bad words on this show if you say them yeah there's no so, point in saying it though I mean you know well I'm just saying if you happen to say it you know let it fly okay. alright well you know 
Just, okay. just the less you do, the less work. That's, 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 I'm, I appreciate you telling me that because you know now I won't feel like I'm going to explode when I when I talk for. Yeah, you know, right. I get really, I get really carried away. Yeah, all I have to do is there's a check mark. It says explicit content, and I just check the mark, and we're good. It, okay. it, and it, it understands uh, the accents and everything. Yeah, it, it automatically makes everything in the world okay if I hit that check mark. Everybody just says, "Oh, he hit the check." We, so, we need so. an invention like that for life, man. Just flip the switch, and everything will be okay. What do you think? It was a nope. movie. It's a movie. Adam Sandler had the remote control where he could fast forward through all the bad parts. Did you see that? I, prob- yeah, I probably click. did, but most Adam Sandler movies go right out of my head after I watch them. Mm. I, I, I can see it. I mean, not that I don't like them. It's just that it's a very stable level amount of comedy. And I only remember things that really spike and are very funny to me. So, like, I am entertained by Adam Sandler. But, like, it's been a long time since I've gotten that spike from an Adam Sandler movie. You know? Mm. Like Waterboy? Yes, ever since he... he, he well, yeah, Waterboy. But uh, ever since he yelled at the golf ball the other Yeah, time, that was uh, a good that one, was, too. That was, that, that was it. That was the uh, that was the peak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, fighting Bob Barker when he was fighting Bob Barker, that was good. The Price is Right. What? Price is wrong. Oh yeah. And That's another wrong. word. Uh, okay. So also, uh, so Melissa Gay's uh, Chesley Award-winning painting was there. I told you, uh, Agent DC actually actually succeeded in his mission and captured. This beautiful painting. Uh, uh, it's uh, basically of a ghostly woman uh, holding a skull among under a tree, hanging full of skulls and lanterns, and it's hauntingly beautiful. Uh, the actual lady, uh, or young lady, I should say, that was in the painting is actually the daughter of Amanda Makepeace. Her, uh, I thought. I thought her name was Cindy Makepeace, and I uh, I saw later on Facebook that it's actually Sydney, Sydney, like the Australian city Makepeace. Uh, but she was there, and she modeled the painting. We took a picture, and you can see that uh, at Phantasmal as well. Um, but uh, it was great. It was great meeting Amanda. Amanda is an art, another one of those artists that's really active uh, on Facebook. Uh, known her a long time. From my perspective, um, but it was kind of neat to meet her as well. Um, then there was another legendary artist there, uh, Dan Dos Santos. Um, absolutely fantastic guy, but I had a very poor connection. I, I, I tripped that one up once again. I never really got a good talk in with him. And, you know, these guys are busy, too. So at some point or another, you're just another person that, you know, uh, so it, it was no slide on his. He was very nice. It was just, I kind of just, once again, was probably a little too over brash in my conversation. You have this type of problem sometimes when you, you know, when you know someone well, you get a little too comfortable with the way you talk to them. When you, th- when you think you know someone because, because you've listened to them or done their orders to follow them or something. Yeah. Really, they don't know you, know you at all, and so you're you're at the wrong wavelength. Yes, and, uh, you approach them sort of casually, and they're like, "I've never seen you or heard of you ever before," and you're talking about things that in a 
intimate, not really intimate, but a more right. way. So that that uh, that happens a lot. So I kind of don't have a lot to say there, except that man, it was cool to meet him, even though it might have been uncool for him to meet me. Uh, but I mean, it wasn't bad or anything. I just didn't really get a good connection. Then Alan Williams was there. He does a lot of really cool graphite, black and white kind of horror. I'd say kind of have a little horror tone to it. Uh, and somehow I missed him. I know he was there, but I, ne- I never. His booth must have been there. I don't. Rem- I don't know. It's like it. It just must have been missed by me on every turn I took. I don't know. Uh, Don Mass was there. He did a kick-ass wizard on this on the charity auction piece. Just seeing their imagination work. So the charity auction piece, every artist comes, does a little doodle on it, and then they auction it off uh, during the, at the end of the auction for charity. Well, he takes the Dragon Con logo that's in the middle of this thing, draws a wizard burning it in flame who's coming out of a genie bottle, and it was like, I want this on a van, stat. <laughs> you know, like, get me a damn Scooby van and put this on the side of it because... That is from that era, if you know what I mean. It was just so cool. You would take you would take that over the barbarian princess on the side of the van. Well, probably, probably. Fans have really? to Oh, well, sides. you know that's a good point. Yeah. Um, I met uh, Talon Dunning. Tal- See, there I did it again. Talon Dunning. I've called him Talon forever. I actually today <laughs> messaged him saying, "How do you say your name?" I met him. I was too scared to say his name then because I suspected it was either Talon or Talon, but it is Talon Dunning, and he does a lot of D&D art, and he had a ton of cool sketches and drawings from Ravenloft stuff. Honestly, I could have spent a fortune there, and I ended up not buying a, a single thing because, uh, Talon, you had too much good stuff. It was overload, and I was like, I don't have enough time to pick something from this. I did not have enough time to go through all that cool-ass art. So, so Calvin's suggestion is don't bring so much stuff. Don't bring so much cool ass art. That's what I'm going to suggest. So you get to focus a few things. I mean, it was really cool. Uh, uh, definitely something I was expecting. Or, or conversely, maybe don't be such a Dragon Con rookie and make a decision. I don't know. Yeah, well, it definitely. I do have an uh, issue anyway because that's the thing. There's so much there. You don't have infinite funds unless, you know, you're rich or something, and I'm not. And so you have to say, am I going to run into something else I would rather have? And so I just got strung out there because I just wanted to get a little drawing from him. But at the same time, I just wasn't sure. I was like, I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back. And then, I, you know, the con ended, and I never went back. And that's the way it rolls. Um uh, but that you know that's that, and then uh, so then I also met Deanna Davoli, who's super awesome. She's a veteran conner. She told me it was her twelfth Dragon Con. Uh, she has she does a lot of cool little broken doll art, and uh, you know it's very it's it's definitely kind of spooky, beautiful. You know the stuff she does. It was great to meet her. She was super friendly. Um, I met I met Brandon Shiflet, one of the Shiflet brothers, and these guys do like bronze sculptures, okay? Uh, and this and he is super cool. We had a great talk. Uh, I told him, you know, I don't really collect sculptures so much, but 
but I could really appreciate what he does because uh, it, it's it's a very very neat stuff. One of my favorite was that he had was like this little girl and her pet dragon. Um, uh, his his pieces range everything everywhere from a like a few hundred to a few thousand dollars, but it's it's kind of like just traditional bronze sculpture with fantasy elements that they do. Uh, but he personally was was awesome. We uh, we hit it off. He joined Phantasmal before I got out of there, and he gets the bonus prize because he was the first guy that day to notice and remark on my Frazetta t-shirt. That's old school, guys. It's just, that's old school right there. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, uh, also a little last shout out to Ciruello. Uh, he does a lot of dragon art, been around for a long time. I actually recognized a print that I had bought from him many, many, many years ago before I even knew I was into fantasy art. I, I, it was one of those things. And I was like, wow, I know your art. And, uh, of course, I did know him anyway going in there, but it was just a conversation piece for me to strike up a conversation with him because of that one print, you know. Um, so uh, that was it, you know. Uh, I, I think I covered most everything. Uh, you, you know, Annie uh, Steg Gerard won Best in Show. Amanda Make Peace, who's a Phantasmal member, uh, she won the Best Space uh, Painting. And uh, also, there was another artist, uh, and uh, her name was uh, Ashley. I'm trying to Ashley Love it, right? So she, I found out, is from West Monroe. Now, this is so she's from West Monroe, and I had no idea. I've been following her for a while. She does. She's noted for doing these kind of big eye, but. It's not the typical kind of cutesy art. It's very, very kind of a dark thing, uh, very uh, spectral. A lot of her work is, and uh, I couldn't believe she was from West Monroe. And we had we talked a lot about that. Um, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, it really, it really is. Uh, I did, I really didn't know because because people who don't know you, why would that be interesting? Well, um, that's. Considered, you know, that's home ground for for uh, both me and Eric. Really, Eric lived uh, just 15 minutes from Monroe, and uh, that's you know, I went to college there. Um, my hometown is a very small town in Louisiana, about 45 minutes south of there uh, in Winsboro, Louisiana. Um, so, you know, it was really cool, and we had a lot to talk about there. Um, so. That's pretty much it. That's a wrap. DragonCon 2018. Loved it. I'm definitely coming back next year, uh, if at all possible. Um, and who knows? Maybe we'll get a panel going there. Which I is it? In, is it in Atlanta every year? Or yeah, it's Atlanta every year. So overall grade for DragonCon 2018. And five stars. Totally great time. Uh, and I think that even the, my friend that went with me, the unmentionable agent DC, he he had a great time. Uh, we we uh, had uh, no complaints and nothing but fun, man. I, I really really enjoyed it. it. It was about as clean run as as it could have been. I think uh, I really don't have a lot of uh, criticisms for it. Uh, so excellent. Thank you for that report. 
you looked over, I mean, you spent your time wisely as experience, right? More than, you said you didn't buy anything, but I think um, I think your experiences will carry you much further. I mainly just bought drawings because I, I wanted to spread around. If I didn't buy a drawing from someone, I bought a pen, you know, or something from them. If we, if we go next year, we're going to take some uh, rookie pens and we'll hand them out to anybody, anybody else who's never been there. Uh, been to that con or any con uh, we can hand out our uh, rookie pins there is uh there's also um <clears throat> actually i think the timing might be pretty good there's because atlanta's down there by you and then up here by daniel and i is the is the con that happens in dc what around april around april of every year so there's a good is that is it awesome i think so yeah so there's like what five months in between or you know between yeah so five or seven months depending on which side of the con you're on uh but that's a good that's that's pretty good it's spread out pretty good well eric you're also you're um three hours from a lux con which is more my speed but i actually don't know what kind of program or whatever they do there because this kind of brings us to the second part of the show which I want to talk about is what kind of cool things could we do? The second part. Yeah, we've been doing this for like yeah. over an hour, and we're only to the second. Yeah, that's the second part, All man. Right. I we, hope I hope okay. that the second part is not like the second half. It's like the second part's very small. <laughs> well, typically we run about an hour and twenty to hour and twenty five minutes or so. We, we've blown that up. We're fine. We're, we're fine. I'll edit, I'll edit all your boring comments out. It'll only be like 25 minutes of content. It'll just be Eric. I'll, I'll just I'll just make one one of Eric. Everything Eric says. <laughs> Eric. Know of anything cool? Science? Uh, anything? Anything cool? Anything I mean, you know cool? Contraptions? Gadgets? No pressure, but this basically defines your entire existence on this show. If you can't come up, yeah. what do you know? Where you, give us some cool cred. What do you know? What do you hear? What are you seeing? Uh, I'm, I, I've got a. I've got to compartmentalize, man. I hear so much cool stuff that I'm not allowed to talk about. So, um, that, oh yeah, that's oh, lame. Yeah, yeah, lame. No, he actually does. Yeah, it, it's it. Honestly, honestly, that's the truth. But uh, I was going to say that when you are when you are stalling. That is that is how you do it because see now everybody now everybody's saying oh you know well you're not lying see so can you say who you work for is that yeah it? yeah yeah so Eric works for Amazon and AWS AWS yeah and he's he's probably privy to some things he can't talk about that are very cool so I guess he has to to think about the sort of thing he's not like us actually. I don't work for Amazon, but I am privy to a lot of cool. Things I saw something today. I mean, so I much. saw something today that that was fascinating and cool. So um, my my kids recently, I've been um, I've been promoting and trying to get them to get into music. Uh, um, just something to get them off, you know, get Aubrey off of playing, you know, uh, 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 PlayStation all the time, and and you know, or you know, and, and my daughter playing World of Warcraft all the time. So anyway, she's been she's been learning how to play the bass, and she's been she's been getting really good at it. And one of the things that is has been a pain is that you know, for, she's she likes a lot of different types of music, so she's constantly retuning and you know trying to apply different filters to to make it sound like different cabinets and things like that. All right. So anyway, I was at work today, and um, one of the guys I work with said, "Hey, come over to the office. I want to show you this new toy I got." So go over there, and he's got this. I don't. I don't it's a little thing. It's got uh, two of the you know whatever the size of the plugins are for like a guitar 
cable guitar amp so it's got two of those on one side and it's got usb on the other so he's got an iphone and he's running garage band on his iphone and this app that that, that controls this device um is able to input directly in the garage band as a as an input or something like that so he gets his guitar out plugs his guitar into it and starts and, it, and pulls up this list right and he's like what do you want to hear um, I, I said, I don't know. So he starts going down the list and he's like, okay, come as you are Nirvana. And he hits the button and starts playing. And it is the exact filters and distortion levels that Nirvana played come as you are. And, and, and he's just scrolling through the list. He's like, Oh look, Jimi Hendrix, purple haze hits it. And it's perfect. I mean, well, you also have to consider the guy's been playing the guitar for 30 years and is really, really good. But, uh, yeah, the device itself was super cool. So that was the cool thing I saw today. Okay, that counts. That's pretty cool. All right, so this is this is sort of a personal thing, but like last week or a couple weeks ago, um, you know, we were going to play D and D, and Calvin uh, has the unmentionable company that doesn't really work very well. Yeah, and access AT and T, and your internet went down, and we couldn't play or whatever. But uh, I want to tell you that Thomas was so excited when you said he could play. He has been asking me to play. Mr. Kawa's D&D game for over a year, <laughs> at least a year, over a year, okay? So when I told him that you were playing and that he could come over and... And at the he, exact he moment. And, play. Yeah. and so, so that, that's not the cool part, obviously. That's pretty crappy. But the... Uh, so he, he was disappointed that it, that didn't happen, right? And so he's really... He's, he wants to play next time, by the way. Um, what we did was afterwards, I... We played a little short D&D session... And he had some fun, and we went on a little adventure, and he had uh, got some XP and stuff, and he almost died to some uh, some monster or whatever. Uh, and he he was so happy and was telling people it's a little adventure. So that that was really cool. You know what uh, else was cool about that is I I came in the next day or whenever. No, actually it was a couple of days when my internet started working again. The, as soon as my computer came up. Uh, your boys were online in Discord playing something, and I was like, I thought I had Ghost in my computer for a second. You just started talking as it was coming up. It was pretty funny. Um, <laughs> I didn't yeah. realize that. But I, 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 thank you for reminding. I had to double check. I, I started to mess with them. I really did, but then I was like, no, nah, I don't want to scare them for life, you know. Um, you should have. <laughs> uh, okay, so while I was at the con. Some good advice, I, I think, was given to me, and that uh, you know, some encouragement that from someone who'd actually seen the show, and they were like, you know, hey, you should really think about taking this to cons and doing panels. He said your show's basically your show's perfect for it because you can get the audience interacting with you and doing, you know, just kind of ad libbing on the silly crap that we talk about. Whatever the idea is, we can even let them throw the yeah. ideas at us, right? I think yeah, I think that's the way you do it. Let them come up with the ideas and then just ad lib with some silly crap. Yeah, back. that's what you told that's what you came up with yesterday when I talked to you, right? Yeah, so, I like that. Yeah, that would be even cooler is that the people tell us you know, kind of go through the the ideas, and we could all just have a talk together. Um, and I think it's a fantastic idea, and I think we should act on it. And I, uh, I'd always thought that I needed to set up a phantasmal booth where I could be at the booth and say, "Hey, are you an art collector? Are you a fantasy art collector? If you are, you need to know about us because my ultimate goal uh, is to build 
a website uh, where collectors can store their collections, interact and trade and sell amongst each other. Uh, not unlike the old Munchkin Press forums, but but you know just on uh, a much much higher level in terms of what you can get. Um, uh, we got a we got to get Agent DC a, like a sock to wear and a voice modulator. Yeah, I, I agree. Though I, I'm not sure we'll get that on that Top Gun hairdo, uh, but uh, <laughs> you just you just outed him. I mean, he's like the only person still wearing that. So I got I got to tell you another story. So we go into Sam Flegel's booth, and Sam Flegel literally measures measures Crom. hair. <laughs> you said it again. <laughs> Bleep out measures Asian DC's hair, and uh, he's like, "Yes, a nice classic cut you got there." <laughs> and we and we got laughing so hard. We I told him, I "said Yeah, that's that's known as the Top Gun," and uh, we uh, we kind of then related the the story of uh, our strange night in uh, spending a Waffle House at three a.m. one time when the only other people there that were there was one old man in the corner and the two cooks who were high as kites. And they had a, a very similar interaction because he had his bomber jacket on and then they dubbed him Top Gun right there and it's kind of has stuck ever since. Uh, but uh, there's a lot more funny stuff than that got said, but I probably... Yeah, that, I it would, probably that would require too much bleeping. It yeah, I probably shouldn't get into it. Uh, but you know, if I ever ask you the question, you know, what's it take to play in a uh, uh, band in, a in band Texas? In Texas. Yeah, then you you better give me the right answer. Or you gonna That's lose a million dollars? You gonna lose a million dollars? That's right. Uh, so anyway, maybe for another time. But uh, so any ideas? I mean, following up on the idea about maybe, hey, let's let's pack up, go to a con. I mean, I know right. we lose money for a while doing that, but. Maybe there's ways to offset it. You've... It's not about the money, man. It's about the art. Why? Wow, I'm with you. I'd love to do it. And uh... Uh, I uh, have a visceral uh, objection to all that, uh, you know, <laughs> sitting in public with other, like a crowd. But I'd say I'd, willing, I'd be willing to try it at least once, I guess. Um, you know, I might... I may hate you ever, ever after. Well, we could we, we could get you. You have to agree. Too. You have to agree to try it at least twice. Remember, that's how this crap oh, yeah. starts. Two, two podcasts, and then we end up with eight. And, and then Eric, it was like, oh, "This is great." We should oh, get yeah. Eric to so come you guys can do the first couple of of uh, panels, and then and then Daniel, when you're like, when you say, "Okay, this is it. I'm at my I'm at my limit. I can't do anymore." Then you just bring me in, and it'll be over. Yeah, you'll kill it. You'll kill the the great. Uh, be, con, you'd be the uh, the panel adventure. killer then. That's right. You just have to learn how to use. You just have to learn how to use the effect, right? You just. That's right. The sliding door effect. Kill, kill yeah, it's uh, perfect because I mean because that way it could be like the sliding door effect. You bring me in, and if it doesn't go good, we'll just kill it, man. And if it goes great, we'll just blow it up. There you go. Okay. Well. We, we we could try it out somewhere small first. I know Mid South Con's not too far off. There's actually another one in that that uh, Agent DC wants to go to. It's a science fiction fantasy writing kind of con down in South Louisiana. 
When is that? That sounds pretty uh, cool. I think that's coming pretty soon. Uh, we'll try to get some information and talk about it, but I don't know how far. I have zero conning experience. I don't know how far out you have to register to to do. You a don't panel. have. You don't have zero. You don't. You don't actually have zero anymore. You actually have more than zero. I know because I have zero. So you, you have you have some you have experience. Point nine, you nine, nine, experience. I have zero conning experience though. Like. I have never had oh, okay. a booth at a con or a or a panel. And but you've seen booths, so you could at least infer some of that. Yes, I, I guess I could. I mean, you at least know how big a booth is, so that's some experience. Well, they can be different sizes at different cons. I mean, I've they, been to plenty of cons. I mean, you're a damn expert, right? I mean, listen. <laughs> <laughs> an expert. Yeah, you're, you're right. You're an expert. You're not right. I am. <laughs> We're ready to conquer the world now, guys. Get behind me. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's it. Let's think on that a little more. What What do you guys out there in uh, imaginary land think about uh, maybe – do you think a panel for this show would be something fun for you? Let us know. I'm just going to – I'm just going to imagine that they think it would. Okay, so – I don't know anything about how this podcast is distributed. That's been kind of Daniel's thing. It's a series of tubes. But I always link to it and put a little written excerpt of what's in it on, on in Phantasmal. Uh, so if you are going to Phantasmal.com, it will take you to the Phantasmal art page. And in a couple of days when this thing's ready to go, Bam! It'll be out there, uh, but it'll be instantaneous to you. Yes, yes. yes. It, it'll That's right. It's a, this is a sliding this. door. A... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, this is, you've, you've already you're in the in the present. Which We've already past. chosen which uh, which what to do. That's right. Uh, Good job. All right, great, guys. great job, guys. Yes. Hey, Eric. One last thing. Yeah. Where is my MFing Laser Hawk shirt? Oh, it's hanging up in the closet, man.